So, um, we're going to continue our series, um, which I've got no chocolate to give away on, actually, today. So, that's really bad of me. But does anybody remember what we've been talking about? Hey, very good. I would give you chocolate, but I don't have any right now. I have a box of tissues and a five-pound note. I don't know if you'll accept any of those things. Um, so, that's good. Okay, so in the first one, we talked about um, life as a disciple. Um, we talked about what that looked like, what that was about, what the fact that Jesus, uh, we were to lay our lives down for Jesus, that he was our Lord and we were to live as he was in control of our lives and to give all of our rights up to him. And, uh, and that's a, that was a powerful one in itself there because it's one thing having Jesus as your savior. It's another thing entirely when he's Lord of your life. And, and, and that's a massive, massive, massive thing for us all to continue to move into. Then the second one was growth as a disciple and how hurts and lies can be overcome as we move past that. Last time around, we did disciple making. That was where we make disciples of others around us, where we focus on those walking with God and how we can move them on in God and how we can move on, them on in our relationship with Jesus. And finally, well, not the final one, actually, uh, but the final one for me, in fact, because uh, uh, Beth will continue the, 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 and finish the series off uh, next week. But um, we'll look at disciple-making part two, where I'm going to be talking about our vision as a church at this current time um, and uh, what God's been speaking to us recently about the church and where we're going about its future and how it fits in with the Great Commission, because really it should do, I think. Um, so we'll have a look at the Great Commission. I think that fits in nicely. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. I read this last week, um, but different bits have been highlighted this time around. How exciting. So, we'll have a look. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Thank you very much. So God's passionate desire is that every single person on this planet comes into an eternal and mature relationship with him. Yes? That no man shall perish, or woman or child. Yes? yes. This is interactive, this bit. Okay. So, is that, are we all right with that part so far? That's his passionate desire. That's what God wants. That his kingdom comes on earth. That his kingdom grows. When Jesus spoke those words, no one outside Israel was following Jesus. Was, were they? Probably. Maybe on the fringes. But no one really was, was following him. Are we in agreement with... Somebody looking suspiciously at me as if we're taking critical theological notes. Are we happy, pretty much, that no one was following Jesus when he spoke those words? So he said, go out to all the world and all the nations. And, and basically what he was looking for was kingdom growth. God is for his kingdom to grow. Do we agree with that? Yes. yes, good. So that is really good. And as we examine this text, as we get into this, we can see how God desires to use the church specifically to do this. And the things that I've highlighted are very important, that we go into every area where there are people that are not yet saved. Make sense? 
I'm breaking that down. That's it. We're called to make disciples. It's really, really easy for us to go, well, make disciples. That means that I'll make disciples with the people that are already followers of Jesus. But Jesus didn't say make disciples of Christians, did he? Thank you. He said make disciples of all the nations. Well, the people that don't know him yet as well were included then, I would say, in that. Make disciples of everybody, every single person. So the words, and if you actually start examining it down in the Greek, basically meant, if we were to look at it, it says go, if I'm looking at the word go, as you go around your day-to-day life, make disciples. That's basically what he's saying. As you go around doing what you do day-to-day, make disciples. That's, that, that's effectively what he's saying. Now, obviously, the, into all the nations um, is where we get into more missional stuff. But I'm going to focus more on, as you go around your day-to-day life, with everybody, make disciples. And that go part is being front-footed about this. There are two ways to live. Well, there's probably three ways to live. Proactive, reactive, and inactive. Okay? Inactive is where we don't get out of bed all day, and that's just doing nothing. I'm assuming that you're not in that category because you're here today. If you're watching online, my name's Christian. Maybe it's time to get up. It's now 11.30. (laughs) (laughs) But there we go. Um, (laughs) Moving past that, there's the reactive. I'll just do what everybody wants me to do. I'll get through my life. I'll keep my head down, and I'll do what I can do. Um, I'll get up, have breakfast, go to work, sit down, and watch telly in the evening. That's kind of a reactive kind of way, yes? And then there's proactive where you seek to make a difference, where you seek to make and take every opportunity that there is to advance the kingdom of God in this context of what we're talking about at the moment. Happy with that? Yeah, proactive is what we're called to be. It's the opposite of living to survive. So God, Jesus in this here is saying, make a difference in our communities. Let's go out. Let's not hide away. He's calling us to go, to transform others around us with salt and light, with love and grace, to transform our workplaces, to transform our neighborhoods, to transform our towns, our families, whoever it is that we are in constant connection with. We're not called to be a people that shrink back. We're called to be a people that are a city on a hill, a beacon of hope to people that see us, to everyone around us. We have God living on the inside of us. Amen? Amen. And that can make, and, and can make, and will make a tremendous difference to everyone that we come across. As we make disciples intentionally and with all people, demonstrating the gospel and declaring the gospel to all, we will point people to Jesus. Happy so far, following it, good. Because every single church on this planet has a unique role to play in this. Every single church has its own special place. And as I was seeking God on our church, for our church, for this next season, for the vision that we had, I felt him say very clearly, build community, for this is how you will grow. Build community, for this is how you will grow. Okay, and that I felt was a real word from God, a real kind of like, this is it. This is for you as a church. This is what we are to do as a church, to build community. So what does that look like? It means that we go out and connect with people in our neighborhoods, 
or in our families, our colleagues, our friends, and we build loving and intentional relationships. Okay? It probably doesn't mean you're going to do anything that different than you're doing right now, but just in a slightly different way. It's not a copied thing, this. It's not an idea. This is God's vision for C3 Cheltenham right now. Are you with me? Yep. So this is his plan. This is what he wants, that we intentionally build loving community, doing things you probably already enjoy doing. So I'm not saying go out and do something you hate doing another evening a week, okay? Go and do the things you like doing. So that's a good vision, isn't it? Enjoy yourself, okay? Because it could be as easy as going down the pub. It could be as easy as going on a walk or going to the football or having people around for dinner. It could be knitting. I wouldn't like knitting. But, you know, it could be if you like doing that. Art, craft, curry nights. You used to do, you did curry nights. It was yourself, wasn't it? Computer games. There are people that do computer game things where they get together in a community of people and do computer games. Hobbies, dog training, golf. You know, all of these things, fitness training, gym, the list is endless. I'm not going to just go through all of these things. But these are things where we can connect with unbelievers. We can connect with people who are yet to know about Jesus. The emphasis is not on what we do, it's on how we do it. Make sense? Okay, so I'm not here saying we're going to do a new project which is going to cause a whole load of extra time constraints on you. It literally is pretty much the same, but we're doing it slightly different. We're doing it intentionally. We're doing it front-footed. We pray for the people that you're meeting in your group. You build relationships with them and ultimately seeking to bring the good news to them. That's all it is. Out of love, this is not a project. We are not to seek to make projects here. We are seeking to build loving relationships, okay? If no one gets saved in the people that you're hanging out with, then no one gets saved. You're still to hang out with them. They're not a project with a time scale on. They're people, and they're to be loved because that's the, that's the gospel. Love God, love others, and that's really crucial. So it's out of love we do this. We seek to bring Jesus to our communities because everybody needs Jesus. Amen? Yep. In this life and the next. Yes. Okay. So this is the big thing, really. And if it doesn't look like they need Jesus in this life that much, then they certainly will do soon. Okay? So be aware that this is an important part of our lives. So we are looking to bring Jesus into these communities. And as we do so, we do it with prayer and we do it with purpose. Because every single person needs to know. Every single person needs to find out about Jesus. As we do these communities, as we grow in, we grow in these purposeful relationships, intentional relationships, people will grow curious. If you're praying for people, there will be something that happens spiritually in that. And people grow and they want to know. They get more and more interested. I became a Christian at 22. At 21, someone from this church invited me to the church football team. Pete Cowley, where's Helen? Is Helen in the room? Hey, P. Cowley invited me to the church football team. 
And I play for the church football team for six months. There's a complete non-Christian, non-believer, blah, blah. That was me. That was all I wanted to do. And after about six months, I, I got, I, for no reason whatsoever, I thought I might go to church. Who thinks like that? Anyway, for no reason whatsoever, I went to church for six months. I sat at the back and thought everyone was weird. Do you know? Maybe. I'm not saying anything. But that, that was it. <laughs> I, I sat at the back, and I watched everyone put their hands in the air, and I was like, man, this is interesting. Um, but that was life, you know, and for six months, I, I sat in church. But it was that, the bit before where I was just playing football. No one bashed me with the gospel. No one said, you know, this is all. No one said anything, really. But I knew they were Christians, and I knew they were different, and I knew they lived their lives differently. And slowly, I very, very, very got interested in the different warmth of the family connection that was there. That wasn't in my life. Bit by bit, that community drew me in. Bit by bit, that community that was there drew me into something far, far deeper. And now I'm the pastor. So, you know, <laughs> it's a long journey. Anyway, it's, but it's, it was good. I mean, and it have, had it not been for Pete Cowley all the way back then, then who's to know what would have happened? Do you see what I'm saying? We have connections. We have people in our lives uh, that are, are currently not yet knowing Jesus. And yet we have got a community, a family. I would say there's so many people that join this church and they say, you know, the family dynamic here is absolutely wonderful. I don't know if we all know that enough. Guys, this is an incredible family. Do you know that? Yeah. It's such a pleasure to listen to people and they say, what a kind of family this is. I feel so at home. So much people are supporting me. So much people are around me. And that word family is what keeps coming back again and again and again. And it's what drew me in and it's what's drawn a lot of people in to stay because they feel connected. They feel part of a family. Yes? So that's absolutely crucial. It's probably the one thing we do best is being a family. Yes? And, and that's really, to me, that's why I would say people join and people stay. More than anything else, it's the family part of it. Certainly not my teaching. <laughs> You're supposed to laugh at that. <laughs> anyway, there we go. So as, as that's what's happened. So as, let us build these loving and intentional communities. Let's go around and be amazed at how God moves. Because I've done this before. I've done this with a group of men, and one of them grew very curious and got saved. Um, this was in Tewkesbury. And so it, 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 it happens. As long as we're intentional, as long as we're praying into it, then God will move on it. Um, currently, I'm meeting with men to play board games, and I'm meeting with football dads. And, and it's fun. I, I didn't actually think about praying for those guys. I don't know why. But I've started to, and, um, and some of them have started to open up about stuff they're going through in lives, you know, which is odd for men. Men don't like to talk about what's going on. Uh, but they, they have now started opening up. So as we pray for people, God gives us his, get this, this is why prayer is so important in this. As we pray for people, God gives us his love for them, and he gives us his faith for them to see things happen. Okay, this is why we, well, one of the main reasons we need to pray. We need to catch God's heart for absolutely every single person that we come into contact with. Okay, God loves with a passion every single person. You might not all agree with everything they do, but God loves them as people. 
okay? And it is literally about loving people and believing in people. And God, well, no, God will be able to drop both of those things in. And once we get a faith to see people get saved, then you'll start praying like never before. He's seeing people the way he does. It's not a formula. I'm not giving you a formula. There's no copy and paste here or anything. It is God's plan. It's his vision for three, C3 Cheltenham at the moment. And this is it. It's building community and it's introducing people into this church family. And that there is, is I couldn't say it any more succinctly. The more they connect with the family, the more they desire that genuine love and the more questions they have. And because of that, I just want to throw a little challenge out. 1 Peter 3 verse 15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I just want to say, um, it's a really good thing to be prepared in advance if people do have questions. Um, write your testimony down. Just write it down. Have, you know, prepare, not that you'll read it out when someone starts asking questions, but just write it down and, and just, get, just get it fresh in your mind again on, on how you got saved, why did you give your life to Jesus, or what's he been doing in your life recently. It just, it's just good to have that as a, as a fresh kind of piece of life in there right? so you can give an answer for the hope that you have. What is it that happened, or what has happened recently? Um, so I'm not saying we should all go to theological school to be able to answer those questions. I am saying you've got a story to tell and a story that can't be taken away from you and a story that's going to impact other people's lives. All right? How are you good with that? So that's good. I think, from my perspective, it is easy to think that no one is interested in Christianity. Really easy. I don't know about you, but I, I, when I go around, I mean, I don't mind about the church office, by the way. I know that's why I do my work now. Not, not there. But um, if I'm going around like if, in other areas, um, it, it seems to be that on the surface, there's, there's less, less interest. You don't see it in the media as much. You don't see Christianity covered in, in many areas, apart from when the Queen died. That was incredible, actually. But um, outside of that, there was a very much a, a lack of, there seems to be a much of a lack of interest on the surface, um, especially if we're not coming across people who ask questions. But there's a verse in John, which I want us to really grab hold of right now as a faith statement, really, as much as anything. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. So John 4, verse 35, Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already ripe for harvest. So this is where our faith comes in, okay? According to Jesus, we are to look up or lift up our eyes and look. Lift up your faith. Lift up our faith to see the harvest. It may not appear there naturally. People might not be hungering to talk to us all the time about it, but lift up our faith and see what Jesus sees. Everyone who is yet to know him is ready on some level. Let that just sink in a second. Everyone who is yet to know Jesus is ready. Every single person on this planet has a need. Every single person on this planet has a hunger somewhere that's not being reached right now. 
Somewhere they are lacking something. It might be just peace, like we were discussing earlier. It might be that they're feeling stressed and anxious or whatever. Jesus is the answer to that situation. It may be that they are feeling that they've got no purpose in life and they can't see the future. Jesus is the answer to that situation. Everyone has a need. Every single person has a spiritual hunger that isn't being met yet if they're not following Jesus. Agreed? Yep. Lift up your eyes and look. The harvest is already ripe. Okay? Now, that does not mean we go out and ram the Bible down people's throats, build relationship, and when the curiosity develops, that's when we speak. But there is something in this where Jesus is speaking into this and saying, don't dismiss anything. Don't dismiss life. Don't dismiss people because they don't look like they're ready. They don't look like they're interested because every single person in their hearts has something which is screaming out for a relationship with Jesus. Screaming out for love, screaming out for peace, screaming out for joy. Wherever it is, there is something there that's rooted down and only Jesus can meet it. They may not be aware of that yet, but as we walk with those people, then they will see. Um, and then very recently, God has said to relaunch, relaunch Alpha in January. Again, this was very clear. Um, so this is coming back, January 2023. You can whoop. Good, if you whooped, you can help. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, now, I always wanted, when I, when I started off this, I said, I want to be a church that's led by God. This is really important. I want to be a church that's led by his promptings, led by his spirit. So those two things, build community and relaunch Alpha, are the two really loud things, if you like, that God has impressed upon me of late. I was happy to let Alpha, you know, I would wait until people were interested to go to Alpha, and now God's just saying, look, just launch it. Launch it in January and start it there. Um, so, yeah, um, anyone who's interested in being on the team, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you about that. But, um, but at the moment, I'm just going to say it's on. It's, it's going to be on, and we're going to put something on for people to actually invite them to if they start getting curious, which is good, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you can see how God's joining up the dots here with that. It's one thing getting curious. It's another thing entirely having something to invite people to. So this is a really good thing, and what I sensed him saying was that new life will come. And get this Hear this, this is what God was speaking. New life will come as you bring back Alpha. Now, in my heart, salvation is something which has been really, really key. I want to see people saved. It's great that the church is growing, but I want to see salvation. I want to see people saved. I want to see people brought out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Okay, amen? Yeah. So he's saying that new life will come as you bring back Alpha. Well, I'm not ignoring that. If that's the situation, then that's what we're doing. You with me? I'm not ignoring that. I've got to come along and say, right, I want to be, I've already said I want to be a church that we are a church that is led by God's Spirit. So if God's saying to do it, I'm going to do it. And therefore, we will bring that into January. Okay? So, if we're going to succinctly put this down as a vision right now, our vision for this season as a church is to intentionally build community. Three words. I thought I couldn't really bring it any lower than that. 
intentionally build community. That is lovingly going out into the community and with a, a, an intentionality about it, a purpose about it, that we pray for people, that we, we try to, uh, to, to draw alongside them. We love them. Oh, my word, we love them, and we love them, and we love them, and we see how God moves in their lives, and we believe. The kingdom of God comes by faith, so we believe that he's going to move. We pray, and we believe that God's going to move um, with them. So, curiosity develops as people find, it just does, as God gets in on the inside of them. Because this vision only works as God makes it work. Amen? This is not an idea, but even if it is, I like this vision is from God. It's his plan, but it won't work without him. You got that? This is essential. God, God well, well, he can give a plan, but unless he's in that, unless we're inviting him into that, unless we're praying into it, then it's not going to do anything. Nothing's going to happen through it. So it needs to be soaked in prayer. Amen? Amen. Yeah? It, it, we need it. Well, we'll pray corporately as a church, but can I encourage you to pray individually also that people open up and embrace the good news of Jesus? Yeah? Go to the prayer meetings. Every single prayer meeting from now on, we'll be praying into that. Intentionally build community. Intentionally build community. Till in the end, you won't be able to get out of your head. You'll wake up in the morning. You'll be thinking, I've got to intentionally build community. But it's good. Smile. It's good. New life is coming. You can smile. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's good. Wish I was sat where you were. I was good. Um, and so, yeah, pray individually. And I encourage you to do that. Lift our faith and our expectation for these things because God is speaking. He desires to bring growth, right? So we can't ignore that. This is really, really exciting. He's passionate about people coming into relationship with him. He doesn't want anyone going to a lost eternity, does he? No, absolutely. So we will pray and we will go. We will go out and make disciples. We'll build intentional community. We will go out and we'll make a difference in, this, in, this, in our communities that we are surrounded by. And the more we pray, as I said before, but I want to say it again, the more we sense God's heart for people and the more we will believe in their futures. I want every single one of us looking at the people we come into contact with and believing in a better future for them. And that doesn't mean a more comfortable future, that means an eternal future, okay? So look at everyone with an eternal future, a better eternal future that you come across. And the more you can get that on the inside of you, the more you can believe in that as we pray into that, then you'll see God unlocking doors in people's hearts like never before. And I think that's exciting. Now, the power to do all of this, the power to do all of the Great Commission comes from Jesus. I'm going to mention this again. He says... I am with you always at the end of that command. And therefore, when I was praying to this message, I did get a vision of rivers of water pouring through streets. All right? That everywhere we go, his Holy Spirit will be there in abundance. In fact, I was seeing... It's not just because I live in Shakespeare and it happens every time it rains. <laughs> but I was actually seeing... I was praying and I could see water going down the streets. Everywhere we go that what happens is that we take God's spirit with us, we take Jesus with us, and life will flow where you go. Got it? 
So when you go into different places, when you work with different people, when you go into your neighborhoods and all the rest of it, life will flow. And I was, I, that was what I was seeing. I was seeing life coming up. I was seeing green shoots coming up as people were walking in their streets. And that's exciting. An abundance in power, the Holy Spirit will be manifest every single where we go. He will go before us and he will prepare the ground before us and he will go with us and he will empower us and he will equip us with power and wisdom to do what we need to do. Amen? Amen. Good. So, an application, quite obvious. Consider what social group you're in at the moment or maybe what you could join in with or invite people to who are not yet Christians. All right? I want you to find something you enjoy. If you're not doing anything already that you enjoy, then start something that you enjoy. But make sure you're connecting with people that aren't Christians yet and build community, sincerely loving them and looking to bring them to the place where the hope of the world is living inside of them and intentionally build community. Amen? Brilliant stuff. Excellent. Can I have the band up, please? If you, are here, if you are here today or watching online and you are not a Christian, please, 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 all of the things I've said so far um, are so essential. Um, and consider Jesus' wonderful offer to follow him for eternity. God desired friendship with each one of us so much that Jesus died on a cross to shed his blood, to die for us, that all of our sins could be forgiven. And all it takes from us is to repent of those sins, to say sorry, and say to him to, to take away everything that we've, we've done in the past. And he does that, he does that, he does that. So let's pray now if you wish to commit or recommit your life to Jesus. Dear Lord, we thank you that you have acted on my behalf by sending Jesus to die for me and to take the penalty for my sin. I ask you to forgive me for all my wrongdoing and receive me as your child. I give my heart to you completely. Please fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit and help me to live as your disciple. Amen. Okay, can I invite you all to stand, please? you're able and we'll just pray together as a church Lord God I pray that you'll give us a heart for those people that are far away from you a passion to share God's love for people who are yet to know him Lord God we pray to the Lord of the harvest that you will send out workers into the harvest and we include ourselves in that give us boldness Give us power to build community, to demonstrate and declare the good news of Jesus Christ. And help us, Lord God, to point people to Jesus in lifestyle and in word. We pray for Alpha, that God, you would grow its success. And we thank you for the new life you promised to bring through it. Amen.